so much for taking the first step to joining me on this journey. I'm your host, Tia Lise, and this is Restore the Core. Throughout this podcast, we're going to be breaking free through artistry. I just have one question. Are you ready? Hey you guys, and welcome to another week of Restore the Core with the theme of breaking free through artistry. This week's episode is going to be on how to restore the core part two with the focus on grief. And I decided to make this focus inclusive because it was a really important part of my restoration. And I've seen a lot of people around me dealing with the same thing as well. I'm going to talk about how I dealt with it and the consequences that can come when you're not able to allow yourself to properly grieve. But before we go into that, I want to say that this episode on grief might be a little triggering for some listeners, so keep that in mind before you tune in. I also want to point out that death isn't the only time that people experience grief, but it is the most common reason why people experience grief. Grief is defined as deep sorrow, and it can be experienced through divorce, job loss, relationship loss, loss of health, um, the illness of a loved one. The list can go on and on. For this particular episode, I'm going to speak my truth. And I want to encourage you guys to speak your truth as well. That is the only way that you're going to reach your destination and break free to where you need to be and who you were called to be. You got to put everything else aside. How this person and that person is going to feel about it if you speak your truth is not your concern. And it's definitely not going to help you with your growth. Speak your truth and know that you are not alone. I know y'all always hear the phrase, the truth shall set you free. It is so true. Once you make a decision to speak your truth, you will feel so liberated. As I briefly mentioned in Restore the Core Part 1, when 2020 hit, I was in a place mentally that I had never been before. It came in stages though, just as the five stages of grief explains. But my stages were so intense to the point to where it was scary just seeing myself going through the motions. 
It wasn't intense at the exact moment that it happened. It was more so after the fact. Anyone that knows my story, they say that I'm strong, that I'm this, that I'm that. But when things like that hit you so fast and so hard without any type of warning, it's kind of like it's not even like you have a choice at that point. It's like you have to be strong. You have to deal with it. You're expected to. I was living with my dad at the time of his passing and I actually saw him at home the day after his birthday, which was the day before he went missing. His car had been spotted on the highway near Catawba River, but he was nowhere to be found. The police searched all weekend, going into the next week and didn't find anything. It wasn't until the next week, on like a Wednesday, if I remember correctly, that a body was discovered, not by the police, but by someone else. I remember so vividly because I was at work when I got a text message. It was a message from my oldest brother and it was sent to our family group chat. And he had said that the police had told him that a body had been found. And although they hadn't identified it yet, it was a high probability that it was my dad. So I left work and I went home to go and be with my family. And honestly, I don't know what happened after that. It was either that night or the night after that I completely broke down. My mom looked at me and was like, what are you crying for? They haven't even identified the body yet. And I just kept saying, it's him, it's him and breaking down. I just felt it in my spirit. Y'all know sometimes when you just feel stuff so heavy in your spirit and you know it to be true. That was one of those times. Days later, it was confirmed. Weeks to a month later, cause of death was determined to be suicide. I had to view the body when it was pulled from the water and sent to the morgue. Pick out an outfit for my dad to be dressed in for the funeral. Get with his side of the family and plan the funeral. Get with my family and clean out the house. So yeah, you guys. While all this was going on, we had to pack up everything and get everything out of my dad's house because he was renting, he didn't own. So I basically was put out of the house when my dad passed away. It was so much that I had to do and deal with that it just felt like everybody was looking to me to get it done. Looking for me to pay for everything, to organize everything, to create the slideshow for the funeral. My dad's family didn't even have the decency to get him a spray or a flower arrangement for the casket. Did not want to help me out financially at all. I had never felt so alone in my entire life. The people that claimed that they were there for us when my dad was alive simply just weren't when he wasn't there anymore. And that's just the God's honest truth. I was heartbroken and overwhelmed, but I did what I had to do. And in the midst of all of this, I can count on one hand how many people reached out to me or supported me during this process. I had very little support. There was a lot of judgment and a lot of talk about how and why my dad passed away, but there was not a lot of support at all. During all this, my mom just kept saying, stay busy, everybody around me. Just saying, stay busy, stay busy, which is probably the best and the worst thing I could have done. The best because staying busy allowed me to not to soak into a state of depression. I was still in shock. I was still depressed, but I was fully functioning, which is perhaps the worst kind because it's like you're just going through the motions at that point. The worst kind because staying busy, I did not deal with the grief as properly as I should have. I didn't address it head on. I didn't let myself go through it. And that's what you have to do, you guys. Let yourself experience it. Let yourself heal. Don't put a time frame on it. This is so important. Don't let anybody rush you into quote unquote moving on. I heard that a couple times. Like, and it's only been a little bit over a year. And honestly, I know some people who's have loved ones that have passed away that have been gone for 10 years, 20 years. It's something that you just don't get over and that you just don't move on from. You have to make peace with it. Heal. And don't let anybody try to tell you how. Denial. Anger bargaining, depression, acceptance. Those are the five stages of grief. I had denial way before I knew that my dad's body had been found. I was angry and I felt like he didn't care enough. 
to have the decency to stay with me, to write me a letter, a note, no explanation. I had no closure whatsoever. And it's the hardest thing ever when you just feel like you have no closure. I went through so many what ifs, so many what ifs bargaining what if this what if that convincing myself that i could have done more could have done anything to help depression for me is chronic and it's off and on like i feel like i have a lot of depressive seasons that just come and go but it hasn't really gone completely acceptance i don't think i've quite accepted that he's gone but i've made peace with the fact that i'm gonna see him again how i dealt with grief initially was by not dealing with it but when i had started to see the toll that it was taking on my mental I knew that I had to change that. I was disassociating. I felt detached from my surroundings. I felt detached from the people around me. I felt like things weren't real and my whole perspective on life just changed. Those tips that I gave on how to restore the core in part one are essential to your healing. Address what has been hindering your progression. Even if it's yourself, sometimes we are our biggest hindrance. Surround yourself with people that support you and enhance your mental health. Find an outlet that works for you. Say no, put yourself first. Step away from the noise and find peace. If it's not good for you, cut it off. I can't speak for anyone else, but what has helped me through this process has been God. It has been focusing on something greater than me, higher than me, more powerful than me, stronger than me. It has been looking at things from an eternal perspective and not temporarily. I started surrounding myself with things that were fulfilling to me, not just in the moment, but things that were going to continue to be fulfilling to me and matter to me for a lifetime. I got to a point to where I no longer wanted happiness for a moment, I wanted peace for a lifetime. I did not want happiness for a moment, but peace for a lifetime. When you get to that point, nothing is going to be able to pull you down. This was the greatest challenge that I ever had to deal with. I've never had to deal with anything like this before in my entire life, and I'm getting through it. You have to de-traumatize those bad memories and replace them with good ones. But it all starts with letting yourself go through the process and not letting yourself get overwhelmed. I challenge you today to trust the process. Take some healing time for yourself. Mind, body, soul, they all work together. So what we have to remember is if one isn't healthy, it can throw the other one off. Exercising, eating properly, strengthening your mind, increasing your mental agility, getting out of your comfort zone, challenging yourself, relaxation, meditation, Handling your emotions, which means sometimes letting go. It's okay to express yourself. It's okay to cry. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to show emotion. I know you can get through this. This is Tia Lise, and it's time for restoration. <laughs>